When the red light goes... Right, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest edition of the Off Air podcast. Can you feel it? The weather's cooling. We're getting a little rain today. Hopefully not too much. Yes, Stephen. I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Stephen Gagliano. And Steve, Braves playoffs are officially underway. Now, game one didn't go the way that we wanted it to, but something went exactly the way that we wanted to, and that is 92.9 The Game's post-game coverage of the game couldn't have gone any smoother. Uh, for those who don't know, 92.9 The Game is doing something really special for however long the Braves are in the postseason. We have our insider, Grant McCauley, doing live post-game shows, taking calls, reacting, the only place where Braves fans can come and participate in a live show And it was a rousing success yesterday. We took phone calls. We got exclusive audio as soon as the game was over. And it's just another way that 92.9 The Game proves to be the best sports radio station in town. Yeah, and and seeing the plan kind of execute in real time yesterday was really awesome. We had Grant here in the bullpen. Sorry for the pun, but that is actually what the area is called here in our station. So you had him waiting on the game to end to pop in there with you guys uh, on Dukes and Bell. You had you and Bo and then me in the update studio cutting up audio as soon as Caleb was feeding it to us from Truist Park. And all of that, you know, making that happen and putting it on the air was was really cool to see. And I, I don't think there's really many places, not just in Atlanta, but in the country that can execute that kind of plan so smoothly like 92.9 did yesterday. It was really awesome. Yeah, it was great. And Grant, obviously, being the true pro that he is, was able to give us inside access to how he obtained that audio post game and being able to turn it around so quickly and hear from the guys in the raw motion after the game. Um, the game itself, obviously, you know, the Braves come up just short. They lose by one run. Um, today's Today being Wednesday, the day that we tape this, um, is going to be interesting because weather's not looking great here in Atlanta. So I'm not sure if there's going to be a delay or if there's going to be a uh, postponement of the game. I believe Thursday is a mutual off day. So we'll see what happens. But ironically enough, Steve, um, crazy time of year as it is, the Hawks start tonight too with their preseason. So that'll be on 92.9 the game as well. Yes. First, uh, first one in America. So first two games were in Abu Dhabi. Uh, You know, those ones are probably kind of an anomaly. And uh, if you're hearing any sound come through, I'm not sure for those of you listening. But again, I am in the 92.9 Update Studio, which shares a wall with uh, Steve, the voice guy. So any promos that you hear on, you know, on the station throughout the day, they're being recorded right now. So if that sound is coming through, that's what it is. But uh, yes, I don't hear anything, but that would be a little treat for our listeners, a little exclusive preview on, uh, you know, stuff you might hear throughout the day on 92.9 The Game. When you hear the big booming voice God, uh, you know, 
Coming up on 92.9 The Game, here's a best of clip from Andy and Randy. And then they go into some shenanigans about how Andy doesn't like pork butt or something like that. Um, Steve is the guy who voices the the intros and the outros, and he has the big professional sounding broadcaster voice. That Not this Steve, the, no. the actual, his uh, yeah. Steve Wilson. I don't have, other- I wish I had that talent. That's a, that's a talent in media that I know I don't have. And I wish I did just that kind of movie trailer style voice. In a world. Yes. One man alone. I make my millions that way. Yeah. Must find his way back home. <laughs> Steven Gagliano is the update man. <laughs> yeah, so, some, something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens today. Um, if the game gets postponed or if it gets moved super late, that would be good for us because maybe then there is a chance that we could have another post-game show. I don't I don't know what the plan is. I know uh, Dukes and Bell end a half hour early, so I'll be cutting out of here like as fast as you can imagine to get to rush on home and fight through the rain and hopefully watch the middle and the end of the Braves game as they, as they tie up a series. So it was cool. So behind the scenes, I don't think we have our media nugget button available today. So yeah, um, all those, all those fancy things that you guys have all gotten used to those, those are a no go today, but we'll yeah. get them back. We're doing a uh, Jerry rigged version of the recording today, but we'll hopefully be back on our other streaming platforms very, very soon. Um, so the way that it all came together, it was cool. It was kind of on the fly. It was just kind of like we had a basic structure and a format that uh, Mike Conti and the bosses laid out for us that he wanted us to sort of follow. We had Steve, the aforementioned big booming voice guy, create some special intros and, um, you know, like rejoiners for us that, you know, you are listening to the exclusive home of the Atlanta postgame show on 99 The Game. So it sounded really cool and it sounded really professional. But in terms of the content and how we sort of flowed with Grant in and out and took calls and played sound, that was kind of up to us. So it was cool, like me and Bo deciding, all right, the audio's coming in. I think we should play it here. I think we should take some phone calls here. And then those things helped shift the direction of the conversation between Mike and Carl and Grant, who were able to react live and then play off of the audio and the callers. So it made for a really seamless transition in between the thoughts of the fans and the thoughts of the guys covering the team. So for the first one, you know, now we know how we want it to sound and we, how we want it to flow moving forward. It went, it went about as seamlessly as it could have. Yeah. And <laughs> Really, and you know the word seamless. It you guys were able to tease it before the top of the hour break. So going into what was it five o'clock? Yep, that yeah, so too. able to say like, you know when the game ends, we're gonna turn things over and and have Grant McCauley join us for the post game show. And literally, the final out came during that final break. Yep, leading in, so it was able to start right at five o'clock. That. Talk about something that gets radio people excited, but maybe no one else is when right. things line up on the clock like that. Right. Because if the final out happened at if if the Braves loaded the bases and then struck out and still lost by one um, and we, we wouldn't then we wouldn't have been able to start it at five o'clock. We would have had to wait till the next break because you don't want to start the post game show until the final out has been made because you never know what's going to happen. So like you said, we were able to get it in just on just just perfectly on time and start it right then. And uh, it's it's super important when when you do something like this 
in radio or television that you make sure that, um, you know, you let your audience know in, in, in any way, shape and form. So we were putting out stuff on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram to make sure everybody knew and still knows. And we're going to promote it again right now that 92.9 The Game is the only place that you can come immediately after the game and call in or text in or tweet in and get live reaction. So it's a unique spot that we're in right now. Um, the game, even though the game, the Braves games don't don't air on 92.9, I'd argue that this is even better because if you're pissed off or if you're happy or if you think that Brian Snicker or one of the players did something stupid, we're your spot. This is where you call in and you can say whatever's on your mind um, as long as you don't say one of the seven magic words that'll get you kicked off the air. But we have smart callers on this radio station. They know they know what to say and what not to say. So it's just it's just been it's something really cool that I've never experienced before because I came from national radio. So you know we don't we don't cover specific games like that. It's not like oh game seven of you know Warriors Rockets is over, you know, phone lines are open for your hot takes. We need to make sure that, uh, you know, we're keeping the biggest stories of the day in mind. So right now, uh, Warriors fans and Rocket fans would be like, I want to call in, but it's the middle of NFL season. So more likely than not, we're going to be rolling with an NFL topic. But here on 92.9, we obviously are live and local all the time. So we have the ability to hone in on one of these teams and one of these stories. And that makes it really unique and really special. Yeah. And it goes back to, to what we talked about the other day after the, after the Falcons game and the way that that game ended with Grady Jarrett, everybody wanted to interact and and these kind of springboards allow fans to do that. So whether it's baseball, football with the Falcons flyover on Sundays, we give fans the most opportunities, I think, to, to chime in after games and, give their immediate thoughts. You mentioned that if, if a player does something stupid, I know that you're a, uh, I know you're a Yankees fan. So you got to see a win last night, but you saw Josh Donaldson do something really stupid, trying to pimp out a single and got thrown out uh, with some confusion there. Uh, and you know, it's funny on the radio broadcast, it was called as a home run. I feel so bad for John Sterling. I, that's, um, that's happened a couple times now. Yeah. He, he has a, t- it's a, those, those are the toughest ones when, you can't tell if it because there's no at Yankee Stadium for those who don't know a lot of a lot of MLB stadiums have a, like a, a coloration marker at the top of the wall where you can tell if something goes over or hits underneath it and at Yankee Stadium there is not one of those so it's kind of up to John and Susan in the booth with their team and their binoculars to see uh, exactly what's going on out there so uh yeah Yankees got the win but uh not without some fanfare and uh, much like the Braves that, that that was looked at as a series that they should win. So we have to see what the Braves do uh, either today or tomorrow, depending on how good old mother nature decides to hold up. Um, I'm excited because I get to sing the transition theme now because we don't have the white back to our roots. Yeah. So I get to say transition. Um, that sounded like there was a little auto tune behind it almost. Yeah, you know, I'm bl- it's a blessing, Steve. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an audio I'm an audio savant. Um, all right, the NFL is a huge problem. Uh, we saw this again on Monday Night Football. We we know we spent a large portion of our episode on 
that we taped on Monday and came out on Tuesday talking about the Grady Jarrett roughing the passer call that wasn't um, or that shouldn't have been rather. Uh, it happened again on Monday night football with Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs and Derek Carr. Same situation. Uh, he sacks Derek Carr. He actually gets the ball too, um, which was huge at the, at the time in the game. And they call roughing the passer, and it just clearly wasn't. It was just a good, clean, fundamental football play. Um, and now these things are starting to pile on after Teddy Bridgewater goes out against the Jets on Sunday. Um, he passes the concussion protocol, but the team, uh, the, like the eye in the sky team that they just employed said, no, you can't go back in but he passes, so they're down to their third-string quarterback, and they lose 40-20 to 20 against the Jets, which, as a Jets fan, makes me happy, but, um, you know, that it wasn't really a fair fight because the backup quarterback to the original starting quarterback was taken out, so some guy I've never heard of that I don't remember his name. Skyler um, Thompson, good old seventh-round wow, pick out of Kent State. Why do you know? That? Are you a Dolphins? No, you're not. No, no, no. I uh, I watched him play against Mississippi State when I was when I was living uh, there and played really well that day. So the name always kind of stuck with me. Okay, look at that. That's a nice. If if we were if we had our regular setup, that would definitely get you yes. media media. That's one of those though. useless pieces of information that's kind of hung around in my head that uh, that yeah. won't make me any money or do do me any good. <laughs> So the question is, what the heck does the NFL do now? Um, they've already overcorrected. Um, how many more of these are, are going to happen before coaches and players and, you know, league officials start butting heads over, hey, man, we just need to be able to play the game. Um, you know, safety is obviously super important, and it's obviously something that's now ever-evolving as they try to make sure that what happened with Tua never happens again. But – Steve, the question is, now what? That's, that's a, a loaded question. And the owners are going to meet next week in New York. And there's a, a report from the AP that says they will talk about that, but there's not necessarily going to be an in-season change. They'll talk about it more in-depth after the season. But it, I don't know what you can do because they've they've put themselves in a position to where every change they've made has been done under the guise of player safety. Now, if you roll any of these back, some of the advocates, everyone's an advocate for player safety, so I don't mean to say it this way, but some of the more vocal people in that argument are going to say, wait a minute, you can't roll these back because that's endangering players. Meanwhile, you have you know, millions of football fans across the country and many that are going to call in to our radio station and media outlets across the the you know, nation and internationally, like we talked about last week that are saying this isn't football. And in the case of the Chris Jones sack that happened on Monday night football, he couldn't brace himself to not land on Derek Carr because he had his hands on the ball. So right. there's really no way to avoid falling on somebody that's just directly under you when you don't have your hands free. So what can the NFL do in this situation? I think it has to start with, again, rolling some of these back, but you have to present it in a way where you're still keeping player safety high on the priority list. That's easier said than done. I can sit here 
in the update studio and, and say that, but it's up to Goodell and the boys to figure out how to do it. No, you're right. And the other thing I've heard is uh, expand what is and what is not reviewable. Um, now the we caveat, saw with pass interference a few years ago. Yeah. Um, the caveat to that is the games are probably going to be a lot longer and yep. they're already ridiculously long as it is. And there's already so many commercial breaks that your, your brain wants to explode. If you're watching just a regular game, it seems like they're going to commercial break every three minutes. Um, but if it comes at the expense or if it comes at the addition of getting these things right, um, I'm for it. I mean, listen, if if that Grady sack on Brady was reviewable and they came back and the Falcons got the ball, is that worth sitting around for an extra three minutes for? I think every Falcons fan would sit patiently, yes. sitting on their hands, waiting for that verdict to come down. And, and that's such an easy one that would go the other way. Um, it would also help with the more controversial ones too. Duh. I mean, the ones that aren't as, you know, cut and dry as the two examples we've seen over the last week. So I think that that's something that should definitely be, you know, if not implemented, at least talked about uh, to a certain extent. Um, I mean, you don't want to open up Pandora's box entirely that, you know, every single play of every single game, somebody wants to throw a red flag. There should be, you know, maybe only the, you know, the, the booth or the lead official can decide what, you know, what calls are reviewed or what, or the league can put out a mandate of what types of plays are reviewable, but expanding what you can look at and pause the game for, I think is such an easy fix there. Um, you know, don't give me the inside of two minutes or four minute crap or whatever. I mean, if it's something that, is going to have that big of a dramatic outcome on the game. And it's something that every viewer at home and every fan of the team that gets affected heartbreaks like the Falcons did last week. I think, you know, making all of those sorts of calls reviewable will would be a no brainer despite, um, you know, pushing on four hours now length for an NFL game. You got to do what you got to do. What, 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 what is, what is the cliche that Roger Goodell says? The integrity of the game and the yes. integrity of the shield. Those are the things that need to be protected. And, you know, making sure that outcomes are fair, I think, falls directly under that. Yep. One thing that uh, I can't get the league straight in my head right now, but I think it was the USFL. There's been too many of these defunct spring leagues that, you know. Hey, I believe buy. our own Mark Zinno was a broadcaster for the AAF. Really? How about yeah. that? I was one of the his, few watchers. I, I enjoyed the AAF, actually. It's, it's in his Twitter profile next to uh, Hazard Ground podcast host and former cheerleader. How about that? Wedged, wedged in between those two. <laughs> but the one thing, and I, it's the USFL, which is still around. They finished their first season. Uh, they've done a great job with the officiating and the transparency, allowing, you know, cameras microphones to be in the you know the officials command center and having that as something that fans can see what's going on they hear what's going on the nfl will never do that because of the money at stake with you know gambling and so many other things tied in to professional football but if they can and I, it's something they're working with the xfl on i know they're collaborating on on rules and, and things like that so Hopefully some good can come of those partnerships or they can look at the USFL and 
kind of take what they're doing. You know, it's, it's a copycat league. They say that about, you know, plays and formations and strategy. Why not, you know, carry that over into officiating? And I think that's something they could look at. Oh, I had my mic muted. That should be fine. Uh, we need a. We need to next time we get our normal uh, streaming service back up. We need a like a fine sounder. Like if your phone goes off during the podcast, or if you forget to unmute your mic, or if you're chewing or taking a, a sip of a drink too close to the microphone and it gets on the air, um, we got to create some sort of fine system. Like you know, winner gets uh, whoever does it more times over the course of of a month or something gets like a. You know, a free Chick Fil A lunch at uh, I like that ninety two nine the game or put something some like steaks that. up on it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what Bo and I do for our um, Monday and Thursday night bridge show. We come on uh-huh. after Dukes and Belt seven to seven thirty on Sports Radio ninety two nine the game, and we at the end of every uh, show we pick the game, and the winner at the end of the season gets a bottle of bourbon of their choosing. I love um, it. Unfortunately, Bo is. Uh, little bit ahead of me right now i've made a few gambles that haven't paid off um, hey it's a long season you got but time. i i am in first place in the dukes and bell weekly pick segment however okay uh, reigning reigning champion as well so i'm defending my turf uh there even though unfortunately that does not have any prize associated with it other than bragging rights um from our good friends at ingles so we will one more time trend Session. A little variety to the yeah, game. Yeah, we're, we're getting – if I get the chance to do – because it's not – more likely than not, I'm not going to have many more chances to do this because this is just True. a rarity that a confluence of events occurred that um, we are using a secondary streaming source today. Um, so I'm going to take full advantage of it. Transition. Um, David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And he was um, at the podium. Why? Because the team stinks and they fired their coach and Baker Mayfield's out six weeks and things are not looking good for our friends um, in the Carolinas. So he went to the podium to sort of give a state of the team after they let Matt rule go. And uh, he was answering questions from the media, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, Somebody said something that he didn't take too kind. He's 11. He wanted me to go. I could actually, you know, I, I shouldn't say that, but I actually read your columns and I can go back to your columns and regurgitate them. So you can read your own columns, okay, for that answer. Thank you. All right, Steve. Uh, is that kosher or not kosher, the way that Tepper answered that right there? You know, more and more coaches and now in this case owners and GMs are starting to have this kind of, Saban-ish relationship with the media where they're very comfortable in in kind of going off on them for right. them doing their job. And, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not necessarily in that position anymore where I'm in these press conference settings asking questions. Veteran news, right. Stephen Gagliano. I've re- retired from that, uh, from that headache. But it's it's an interesting thing because owners, coaches, players – they don't like you being you being the reporter. They don't like reporters. They're tired of answering the same questions over and over again. So I understand where they're coming from. Guys like well, David especially Tepper. questions and answers that they eat two things, either reflect negatively on the team or that they feel like they don't need to answer 
because you should already know. Like you could right. tell Arthur Smith hates hates when a reporter asks a question that is that he feels in his mind is quote unquote obvious. Yep. And we've seen it. Kirby Smart has done the same thing a lot recently. Of you know, there's a couple of things like, well, you know, you media guys, you don't really know football. You think you do, but you don't. All that kind of stuff. And like, I understand it, but I do think there needs to be a little bit of a realization too. With all of these people covering your program or your team, whatever it is, they're part of the reason why the NFL in this specific case is so successful because there's that level of interest. And I, I think, you know, if all those reporters didn't show up one day, you'd have a hard time getting your message out there and, you know, having the Carolina Panthers be part of the community. If you want them to be a part of the community, you have to you have to stand up there and, and answer those kind of questions. Um, the as you just said, the reporters and the media people and the radio hosts and the TV hosts in the town of your favorite team are the conduit to the fan. Right. They are the they are the people either recording or in front of the mic that provide the anal- not only the analysis, but, you know, they go to these events to cover the the owner or the, the quarterback or the coach speaking out. And then they report and give their opinion on on what's going on. You need both. You can't just have reporters going out there and then. Um, regurgitating exactly verbatim what David Tepper says, and then that be the end of the story because the fans demand more. They want to know why. They don't just want to know what. They want to know why as well. So that's where media gas bags like you and me come in, and we work at a radio station where the hosts provide the, the content of what was said, but then they also give their opinion on it. And like like you also said, that's – what determines the popularity level of the sport. There's a never ending interest in it. And if you don't want to play ball and you want to belittle the reporters that um, cover your team and the, and the guys and the the women that are getting the message out there, then that's going to ultimately reflect poorly on you, not them. I mean, that columnist, I don't know who it was, was just asking a question. Um, You know, not every question is going to be like you said, or like we've deemed this segment Hall of Fame audio worthy, um, his response certainly was. But not every not every question is going to be. Um, so you got to just roll with the punches. I mean, listen, you're David Tepper's a multi billionaire guy. He deals with good and bad situations in the world of finance, and you know you got to just take the podium and just suck it up. Your team's not doing well right now. You're trying your best to change it, and. The media is going to ask you the tough questions. Take the 12 minutes that you're going to be up there, answer the questions, and don't be a jerk. It's not that hard. Um, right. But David Tepper, unfortunately, a uh, little bit of bad guy right there. A little bit. Yeah, enemy. He's got plenty of things to answer for. You you fire a head coach that you gave a seven-year, whatever, $62 million deal to, thinking he was going to be the savior. You had a indoor practice facility slated to be built that – what uh, something shady happened with the construction there. You had to file for bankruptcy essentially on the project and all these different things. So people understandably so are not happy with the state of the Carolina Panthers right now, partially thanks to David Tepper's doing. So you need to, again, you just need to answer the questions and suck it up. Real quick, before we get out of here, we're going to 
train, 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 transition, train, 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 transition, train, train, transition, train, transition. Uh, uh, Little uh, bonus uh, one uh. for everybody. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to sound like uh Antonio Antonio Brown and uh Kanye <laughs> West. I can't remember the beat, but yeah, me either. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it today. All right, just just a minute or two on this here. Um this just came down. Breaking news. Devontae Adams charged this morning, Wednesday morning, in the municipal court of Kansas City with misdemeanor assault. How about so, that? So the, the, the cameraman who was pushed is taking this very seriously. Um, no word if the Raiders are going to put any additional discipline on him yet. Um, but this is serious, man. This guy is going to have to, uh, you know, bone up maybe lawyer up and see uh how much lighter his wallet's going to be after this is a group and it, i'm sure you've all seen it by now but if you missed it after the game he's trying to get to the locker room he's huffing and puffing and he's pissed off and he shoves really hard a uh, guy with a camera to the ground and that guy um took it upon himself to say hey buddy i know you're an nfl star but uh-uh and he went right to the police after the game and this is the result. I'll say this guy has a heck of a lot better case than the guy who got hit by Bobby Wagner that was on the field uh, on yeah. that other Monday night game where he was running with the whatever, the flare with the pink, pink smoke, smoke coming yeah. out. That guy deserved it. This camera the biggest guy. irony, too, that guy, you know what happened to him? He has a concussion. <laughs> to bring it full circle to the beginning <laughs> of the episode, it came out that he is concussed. Player safety and fan idiot running on the field safety. It all gels together. Steve. Yes. But yeah, the, the, I think this guy, he was just out there doing his job. He was a freelancer, I think, for ESPN doing some video work on the field. And yeah, Devontae Adams just, you can't allow that level of frustration to bubble over to where you, you know, knock someone over. I get being angry after a loss, but you can't do it that way. No. And there, listen, there's a time and a place if, if, uh, you know, a cornerback was, you know, trying to break your ankle after a tackle by twisting it in half, I understand you being uh, pissed off and trying to shove him. But to an innocent guy who was just trying to do his job after the game, you got to be you got to be able to separate. I know, you know, you're in gladiator mode at that point. But, um, yeah, this is good. This this is definitely something you want to follow up with this podcast off air, because as this story breaks down, this is tailor made for what we do around here. Um, so that's interesting. That literally just coming down as we speak at the end of our recording. And since we won't talk to you guys again until uh, Tuesday morning, um, we want to make sure that we got that in there. Hopefully they'll be next time we record, there'll be an update on this. Maybe the league or the Raiders will have um, issued additional discipline. And we're talking about a team that's one in four um, missing its best player now, potentially for one game or multiple games or whatever they decide. Uh, all right, that'll do it for the latest edition of the Off-Air Podcast. We survived with our technical difficulties, Steve. We made it through. We soldiered on. We found additional resources. And uh, if we didn't mention it, I don't think you guys would have been able to tell the difference. The great so, ones find a way. That's right. Kudos to us for soldiering on and being the <laughs> consummate professionals that we are. Um, enjoy your weekend, sir. And we will be back to record a fresh one for you on Monday morning. Plenty of stuff to follow up on. Braves will have uh, potentially the series results in hand. And uh, Devontae Adams, we'll see what happens with him. And plenty more shenanigans on the way. 
For my fellow 90s to 90 game producer, Stephen Gagliano, I am Chris Thomas, and you have been listening to the Off Air Podcast.